Welcome to the SNA Live podcast, hosted by Three the Hard Way. This is for the culture. Black and Latinx, where you at? What's good, cigar fam? It's your boy C Way, and welcome to SNA Live, the show not just about cigars and cigar lounges, but life in general. Because if you're in a nice ass cigar lounge with your peoples and only talking about cigars, then you missed the whole motherfucking point. We're recording live as always from Smoking Ashes, Cigars, and Haberdashery, the hottest cigar lounge in the United States. With me as always are my partners in crime, the GM and Leak. Say what's up to the people. Yo, yo, what's good? What's going on, fam? We can now be seen on One Institution Media's platform as we are now a part of the OIM family. Today's episode is episode number two of season three entitled, That's a Man, Baby. Yeah. We're going to be getting into what it meant to be a man back in the day, what it means what it means to be a man today. We're also bringing back the segment honorable mention honoring the late great Mr. Sidney Poitier. Without a doubt, perfect timing too. And we're going to close it out with our segment we call What You Rocking With where we discuss, you know, what we're feeling, what we're vibing with this particular week. Bat money leak steals my what you rock away. No, bat, no, bat not, money. Not this week. Word. No, you went left. Went left. <laughs> you went back. So I'm, I'm on the topic, but I went left. All right, it's, it's one of two things. Either he goes left or he steals somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's good. Okay. Yeah. All right, Remember, we'll I did, I did uh, try to frame you for that last week behind <laughs> as well too. And with that being said, as usual, cut your stick, light them up, and let's get it popping. Welcome to SNA Live, a podcast like no other. Featuring three the hard way. You, you want it, you got it. <laughs> yes, yes. Episode two, season three. That's a man, baby. <laughs> yeah. In the words of Austin Powers, if you've never seen that, go check that out. We're about to have a real man man talk. So it's a perfect time right now for you just to grab your cup, grab your drink, grab your seat, grab your stick, and let's rock. It's a little man-man talk. Almost sounds like a bad joke starting off. So three guys sitting in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Season man, three, episode two. That's a man. Trying to spice it up a little bit. Have yeah. those talks that, you know what I'm saying, that most of the time people don't want to talk about. That's the point of having this platform. Yeah, man, but it's necessary, though. You know what I'm saying? It like, definitely is. Especially as men. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, we're, we're good for fronting and puffing our chest out on some ego shit. You know what I'm saying? But we don't. As much as we should sometimes probably just get real about the other side, you know, what I'm saying the other side of the ego where you're not maybe as confident and you're not as you know braggadocious as you, you normally would be, or you're just broken. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to remember, there's a huge side of this here that you know, especially people I know from our age, coming from the generation that was before us, and we're gonna touch on that on topic one. Yeah. At the end of the day, bro, like yo, you got to be tough. It don't matter. Yeah. What's going on? Suck it up. Yeah. I mean, so you know, some some people don't know how to rationalize with their feelings. Yeah, no, that's real talk. You know what I mean? So that's like, real talk. especially as a man, especially a man of color, especially if you're a man of color who grew up in the hood. Yeah. 
yeah. there's a certain amount of pressure it's that's like a triple on whammy. You. You're a man, you're a man of color, <laughs> and a man of color in the hood. And you grow up in a tight, tough situation that changes you, so. Definitely, definitely. But before we get into that, as usual, we have to get into what we're drinking, what we're smoking. So, Leek, I'm going to let you start it off, brother. What are you smoking on for this particular episode? So, I am smoking, and I'm a little ashamed to say this, but I've been smoking for over 10 years, and I've never really got into Perdomo. I feel bad, neither have I. (laughs) It's Perdomo. So, this cigar actually got the number one cigar in Cigar Journal in 2021, so shout out to Perdomo. Um, Shame on us for not having you in here sooner, but you're here now, so... That's all that counts. That's all that counts. You're yeah, here exactly. now. So this is the 10th anniversary. Some people didn't make the cut. Yeah. This is the 10th, 10th anniversary box press Maduro. Again, number one cigar in Cigar Journal 2021. It's a nice accolade. Yes. And, you know, we all big box press people here. So is there definitely is a big good body cigar. It's, it's a little little pause, a little bigger, you know, cigar than I'm, than I'm used to smoking. So big body cigar. Yeah, that's boy. big body. <laughs> Um, a little little background on it. It has six-year-old Nicaraguan tobacco, all tobaccos, uh, all Nicaraguan puro, obviously. Wrapper. Um, they don't go into actual, you know, what kind too much of info. Yeah, they don't go too much info. I hate well, when they keep it a fucking secret. Yeah, I know. Especially, you ever notice? Usually, the award-winning cigars are the ones that usually have the secret. They don't let anybody. Yeah, I know. guess that's true. I gotta pay more attention to yeah, that. I never really, I've really been noticing noticed that. that. I've been noticing that lately. But um, all they tell you is uh, it's been aged six years. Um, the wrapper is actually was. Uh, it was aged in bourbon barrels uh, for 10 months. Really? Yeah. I haven't got to that point yet, but we'll, we'll see. Um, again, different regions in Nicaragua. They don't really go into it, but again, Nicaraguan Puro all, all through. Um, I'm picking up some earthy flavors just from, you know, from the, from the light. A uh, little sweetness. Um, not too much. Not too much spice, but really earthy is definitely the, the main profile right now. Yeah, definitely a little sweet finish. Very earthy, but sweet finish. But um, yeah, I'm gonna see how this is. How's the draw? Draw is perfect. Draw, you know, Perdon, that's what they're known for. Their, their construction is usually great. Um, I think I've had the Champagne Noir. I think that's the only other Perdon I think I've smoked before. But um, yeah, this is good so far. I'll let you guys know how it's going, but uh, what you smoking around? So, for the first time over here, um, I'm trying, you know, uh, Escobar cigars had dropped. You know, shout out to Nas and Escobar yes, Cigars sir. on this yes, venture. They had dropped a cigar, what did it say, about two months ago now? Something like that? No, a little, a little, a little longer. Long. Long. We've, we've had it for about two months, but a little, they dropped okay. it a little longer. All right, so facts. We had it here about two months ago. So Time's flying, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I maybe. see why you said that, but yeah, it's, we've had it here for two months now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So this is probably like an early summer release. Yeah, yeah somewhere around there. Uh, so far from it, uh, you go construction-wise for a natural rapper. It's not too veiny. It's actually pretty shiny on there. And a yo. And also what she said. <laughs> yo. But uh, at the end of the day, I was expecting a little bit more, um, I guess, because normally, I'll just keep it gangster, when there's a, a brand or somebody throws their name on something, mm-hmm. usually, you know, I've seen so many gimmicks come out in, in, in yeah. multiple business rooms, not just yeah. cigars. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you hear the allure of Nas dropping, you know, a cigar line or whatever yeah. the case is. I expected it to be a little bit uh, different than what I'm actually seeing. The construction seems to be well. The draw is great. It is combined of three, I think it's 10-year-aged, uh, sun-grown tobaccos, from Habano leaves from okay. Nicaragua. Okay. All grown out of, you know, that rich volcanic soil over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, it's been curated and 
put together by a company called Puro Privados. So that's who made this joint venture with Escobar Cigars. Okay. It's got a little bit of like, uh, from what the, the definitions say, it's got a little bit of vanilla, which I haven't tasted yet. It's got a lot of leather and it has a white pepper finish. Uh, they say it's got like dried fruit and stuff like that. I haven't picked up on you're gonna, that yet. You're gonna, I smoke that. You're going to get the leather, definitely. So the white pepper is right off the rip. Yeah. I taste it right off the top. Uh, you can get it right away. Uh, it's very uh, abrasive. Mm-hmm. You can feel it right away. But it does settle down. It's going to yeah. You know, so um, I, I kind of like cigars like this. They come out fighting, so to say. Yeah, they yeah. kind of simmer down towards the end. Well, we'll see. I hope so. Yeah, but, yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, I've been on a natural kick, too. So this thing yeah. has been... It's been rocking a little bit, but um, I'll keep you guys updated as we go throughout the episode. But okay. Conway, what are you smoking? So first and foremost, you know the robusto is usually my go-to. Mm-hmm. So we got something in the in the the humidor recently, and I was like, okay, I, you know, I gotta try it. But it's not exactly like I'm not a Lancero dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like, love a Lancero once in a while. I'm I'm, I'm feeling like Thurston Howard III from Gilligan's Island over here. <laughs> <laughs> With the fucking Lancero. With the Virginia Slims and cigars. Yeah. I feel like I should, I should have a, a blazer on with an ascot. And a martini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so dry. So it's the... Extra dry. So it's the Luciano The Dream. I love that brand. So it's I love an, that company. Yeah, definitely. It's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. We got Nicaraguan binder and Nicaraguan and Peruvian filler. So it's supposed to give you... Like a, uh, like a earthy type of, you know what? That's the drink. Let me let me pause on that. It's the, um, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, I'm looking it's at all the, good. the drink uh, description. So they didn't give really a description of this. Like they what don't. You, what you're yeah. supposed to they get. They don't. So I'm just gonna let you know what I'm gonna let, let it, it sit. Let, let it, it sit. Let it simmer. Yeah. And and it's it from a great factory though. Leak. That's from the same Ricardo and um. Yes. yes. What, what is a um, Crown Heads? I know Crown Heads, Crown Heads it. behind it. Yeah. But I know that brand. I, I'm a big fan of yeah. that company. Big yeah. fan of that brand. Have you ever heard me speak about like Crown Heads yeah, and yeah. the the Pichardo, like that whole tree? Yo, you're gonna have an experience with that Lancero. So here's the thing. It's not gonna be what you're used to, but I think you're gonna you're gonna. Enjoy it's, it. Cause I guess what it is is, and 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 I know the Lancer was like not something I usually rock with, but I'm sure the tobacco is amazing. Mm-hmm. The draw just seems weird because of it's the, such a like, small gauge. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you know, you gotta the, take your time with it. Cause yeah, yeah. Uh, Lanceros, if you, you pull too much, they'll start they'll start burning very very heavy. So you gotta kind of take your time. With it. Exactly. Those were the cigars of the rollers or the field tenders yeah. back in the day. Because they're durable. Mm, You're yeah. able to chew them in your mouth and work the fields and smoke them. So like Leek said, though, after a while, they, they can heat up if, you do, if you're a huffer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huffer. But they're kind of designed for durability, those cigars. Yeah, you can bite that and everything. Yeah, it's not going to crack. It's not going to, you know, if you're a biter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let it sit for a hot second and but just, just take my time with now, it. Now, with that cigar, what are you pairing with that for us this evening? So we have the James E. Pepper 1776 100 proof rye. Put some hair on your chest, boy. Put some hair on your nuts, too. <laughs> and if you, you're a female, you'll grow some nuts and grow some hair on those nuts. <laughs> this shit is no joke. Strong as hell. So yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna have like hints of. Now, peep this. I've never seen this actually with a, with a rye or a bourbon before. So it has notes of chocolate and honey. I've seen that before, right? It's aged for two years in a charred oak barrel. Okay. You definitely taste that. But then 
it also has hints of mint and eucalyptus. So I was like, okay, I could see that actually now. That is something I've never the seen mint. in the description. I could taste the mint. I could taste the mint. I could taste the eucalyptus now. I could taste the mint. So we're like, okay, so you know what this is great for? If you're fucking sick, or yeah. you know, hot, what I mean? hot toddy. Yeah. This here, or even hot just toddy. this alone, like you just take a shot of this. This will open up your fucking. Mm-hmm. You're breathing with your airway very easy because it's happening every time you take a sip of this. Yeah, yes. definitely. For sure. Definitely. Hence the that. eucalyptus and the mint. Yep. It'll do that and then some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Because we were sipping this before we got on, probably part of the reason why I fucked up in with the description of the cigar jumping. That hundred proof will hit you differently. Yes, it will. I'll be taking So, real quick, before that. anything, I forgot to tell everybody, you know, yeah. when it comes to this cigar, this cigar, the price point on this, you should find this anywhere from like. 12 to maybe $15 at your retailer, depending where you go. Mm-hmm. I'd like to give you guys a little bit of a backdrop on what you might be spending. This is why, you know, um, it's a little bit better for us to give a little, you know, breakdown. What would yeah. you say that that Maduro would run normally in the range of? This one, well, it's probably going to go up now now that they won an award. But I'm that usually it's, happens. Yeah, it's probably around $14, $15. 14 to $16. Yeah, yeah, 14, 14 to 16 Every shop is different, guys, yeah. so don't yeah. hold us to it. But yeah, yeah. I would give you a range of like a $5. I would say anywhere between $13 to $16, $13 mm-hmm. to $17, somewhere a $4 range. This is actually on the higher end. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. It has to be. It's like a 17 Yeah, so, so we got it for the 17 and change. Yep, 17, 17, 15, so 17. you should find that anywhere between the high 15s, 16s, into the 17s, probably even 18s. I would say 18, 19, probably, depending on like, where you go. Every shop is different. Yeah. And yeah. what would you put a price point on the bottle, Conway? Um, wow. I, I bought this a hot second ago. I want to say this is in the range of, let me see the James E. Pepper. You can get this for around, like, at a... At a one of the discount liquor stores, yeah. you can probably get it from like around $28 to $30. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's not, it's not that. So it's not expensive. something that's going to hurt your pocket. Yeah, on, on the higher end, like $35. Depending where you go. $37, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere from like $28 to $35. Good. 37. So it's just a little more feedback of you guys. So like this, if you're trying to go out to have an experience, we're actually cutting that, you know, uh, suspense or that thought process out for you. You know, we'll tell you the prices and stuff, so what you can expect, and least you can game plan prior. Yeah, man, like don't, don't get it twisted, yo. Like don't get us wrong. Like we like our expensive scotch, and, mm-hmm. whatever, and we'll drink that, you know, here and there. But you can get a good American bourbon or rye for around thirty dollars, yeah, sure. thirty thirty five range. You can get a lot of good stuff. Absolutely, yeah, a lot, there's a lot of good shit on the shelf. Yeah. Don't don't sleep. You know, there's and you know, no offense to you know certain liquor companies but there's more shit out there than like Jim Beam and, and Jack Daniels yeah know? just because of those are the household brands and yeah, that's really what yeah. it means by that at the end of the day you know so we're all familiar with them yeah, exactly. it's a ton of other brands like cigars exactly you tons of other brands you might explore. not know like you know of course you've heard of the Davidoffs you've heard of you know Monte Cristo but there's so many lines out there yeah. with, with quality you know what I'm saying for, yeah, it's true. for lesser price points so I appreciate that again this is something that we're trying to give you guys a little bit extra of this yeah year, yeah know, definitely gotta let the people know just so that they don't feel like they're they priced out like oh yeah. man they always got the exclusive shit I don't know if I can like no 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 it's, it's cool like it's not always pricey you know what it's too like I remember watching some of like when you see fashion or whatever and they show stuff it, it's tough for you to see something and then not know the price point to it mm-hmm. you know what I mean because you have to make a decision yeah, where you yeah. want to go out and rock with like, that I even go look for that right exactly now. Yeah. so when the price points come out it kind of makes people decision making a little bit easier yeah. Alright, we have to get into our first topic What it meant to be a man back in the day So, as we broach this topic I'm just going to pose a question to start this off to the two of you guys When you hear the term man In terms of the old school meaning back in the day like What qualities, what, 
what are the characteristics that pop in your head? What are the things that come to mind? Um, Styles of Jada, you go one, I go one. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw something out. This is not particularly how I, at least how I was raised as far as what a man, but I think more of society, and even this is going 30s, 40s, 50s, I'm going back. But something I like to call the three Ps, protect, provide, and procreate. Mm. Okay. That's kind of, if you think about, you know, going back to the 40s, you had to make a baby. Get married, have kids. Get a job. Get a job. Provide for your family. And provide for And then family. protect them. Yeah, that's pretty much. So I'll keep it simple. That's kind of, I, that's also, again, that's how, I'll get into more what I felt, what I feel it is. Yeah, yeah. Again, but again, again that's just gen, generalized. But yeah, what, what, do you, what would you say? So, I mean, look, again, we're going to talk from understanding that what, what that was from these eyes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I could sit here and tell you stubborn as hell. Yeah. That's yeah. a stubborn generation. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't tell them they sick. You can't tell them they broken. You can't tell them nothing. They are what they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, again, just you know, going back to that whole, you know, uh, growing up thing. Like you know, I got older parents too. So like, you know, the generation they were from it ties to what you were saying in a sense, Leak, where it's like, get a, get a job, get married, have kids. It's pretty much the only goal we have for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, they are a prideful generation. They definitely are prideful. prideful. And, well, and that's where the, that's where the stubbornness. Yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a real fine line. It's a it's a yeah. It's a real fickle thing. There. I mean, you and I. I mean, I don't know. If, I think we've had talks about. It. I know you and I definitely talk about our dads now. I've seen them at this age as they grown older. As they're getting older, and that stubbornness and pridefulness is like they know they're slowing down. They can't do the same thing as they yeah. used to. And then when you try to. Help them. Oh, I got it. I got it. Leave me alone. Man. Yeah, know, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. But it's like it's always. I got it. I don't need help. I'm a man. I can take care of myself. Yeah. You know what no, I, mean? I I totally get that. And for the first time though, and for and for me, like I, and again, mentioned like my dad is actually finally was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, my dad too. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not pumping that chest like that right yeah, now. Yeah, man. I'm slowing that down. I'm, yeah. I need a little bit of help from time to time. Yep. My yeah. dad too. For years, he was just stubborn again. Just you know. Him having uh, ailments and you know knees issues, we're like, go to the doctor, go have surgery. Nah, I'm not doing that. I don't want nobody taking care of me. Like that was literally yeah. his. That was his response. I'm like, dude, we can you, dive you're into not that. gonna be yeah. able to walk. But you know what the crazy part? I'm glad you brought that up about about the doctor. The doctor. That's another thing. Yeah. Is like, nah, I don't need no doctor. Yeah. Like, take care of myself. Yeah. When they like, were you have to be bleeding yeah. with something like, showing, like bone showing. My father, his appendix burst. He was in the crib. This man drove himself to the hospital. Yeah. No ambulance. He didn't yeah. call 911. He just was like, oh, like, he knew something was wrong. And, and this is the scary part. He knew something was serious. Wow. And still was like, you know what? I'm just going to go downstairs. He lives in a walk-up, by yeah, the way. I'm, I'm with you, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's that generation. Like, So, right. Actually, I think all of our fathers are around the same age. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe a year or two 70s, apart. Yeah. 70s, yeah. Yeah. My dad's 75. So. My dad's 75. Yeah, my pops is 70. Yeah, my pops is 75. Turns yeah, 75 in September. 75. Yeah. 72. be 72 in next week. Yeah, so yeah, same so time right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. Like, How old was pops when that happened with him with the appendix? He was in his, like, what's his, 60s? Yeah. Like early 60s? That's crazy. I remember my dad, this was in 90, Earth Day in 97. So that's... So he's in his 50s. He's in his 50s there. Yeah. He, same situation, not the appendix, his gallbladder went. Mm. Yeah. Motherfucker, he stayed all night in pain, sweating, all kinds of shit. Yeah. And we all went to bed. At least I did at one point. He got like too much, and he was like, "I'm good." Yeah. Woke up in the morning, he was gone. 
did the same shit you did. He drove himself yeah. to fucking the hospital, and we lived on Kingsbridge and Webb. Yeah. The hospitals weren't, uh, there wasn't a, unless you went to Montefiore, which was the bigger one in the area. Yeah. There used to be this little hole in the wall called, uh, I think it was called Union, over on Valentine Avenue off of Fordham Road. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, bro. Like, you don't go there to come out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you plan on coming home, don't go there. Yo, same shit though. He drove himself in there. Yo, gallbladder was completely ruptured. Had to have emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But same shit though. Like, the mentality was, yo, I'm good. It, it'll pass. Like, whatever this is, it'll pass. It's crazy, man. Because, like, the characteristic that I think of when I think, like, the old school, quote unquote, man is like that. Strong silent type Like mm-hmm. you don't complain About anything mm-hmm. Ever if, if you're complaining That's what the term Like you're, you're just bitching man Yes, yes. Being a bitch Be a man Yes yeah. Again that's that goes to the old from, be a man. The old shit yeah. that Right there That old mentality Right there with that yeah, So What about you Conway You posed a question to us What what comes to your mind With that So It's funny because I was uh, As I was writing notes I'm thinking about You know Growing up And things I would hear From the older generation Or whatever and I'm about to throw out a word that's going to seem very juvenile and, and, and elementary and, and, and infantile or whatever. But it was something that we grew up with. And that was, you're acting like a sissy. Mm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, As I was, you, don't you dare say that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's crazy, though, because yeah. it's like, I remember. <laughs> you can't. No, you definitely can't say that now. Yo, but, which is why it was so funny when the word popped in my yeah. head. I was like, holy yeah. shit, I remember when people used to say shit like that. Yo, yeah, you're man. better off dropping N bombs. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> doing that, bro. How crazy is that? That's the world we in right yeah. now, though. Yeah, that's fast. Drop N bombs left yeah. and right. Yeah. You want to hurt somebody's feelings? You say that to Yo, me. Yo, a sissy? Like, oh, man. That was like the. That was like the 80s, 70s and 80s version of back in the day, they used to call somebody Yella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boy, Yella. Yella. <laughs> Yo. Like, sissy, we, like, we fighting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. we got scrap now. Mm, because it's like, that, it's that was total, tough. Total disrespect. That's, you know what I'm saying? And even think about it, even in school, it wasn't a curse. So just, instead exactly. of saying a bitch, you yeah. would just say a sissy, and it was just just as effective. And know? all it did, it was worse. <laughs> it was worse. Because yeah. everyone knew you got that one off. So mm-hmm. the whole room was like, oh! <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, those was fighting words, but yeah, you're right, sissy. Again, uh, you know, you 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 play fighting in the room with your cousins, your your sibling. You, you, you get your head flipped on. You you flipped on your head. Mm-hmm. You run into the room. Don't don't let the men be chilling either. Like, mm-hmm. don't let there be uncles there or yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You run in there crying and shit. They look at you and like, what the hell wrong with you? Shake that off. Fuck, you ain't bleeding, even though you got a knot the size yeah. of a fucking eight <laughs> ball. They're like, bro, you ain't bleeding. You good. Stop being a sissy. Yeah, exactly. And then you like, fuck, yo, I'm in pain right now, but... Like, I might have a concussion. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's something definitely wrong yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, but shake that off. But I got to just swallow that, you know what I mean, and just hold yeah. that in and just be like, damn, like... And it starts from early, but then you have to factor in, like, they telling us that because that's what they were told. They actually went it's through worse. It's probably even fucking worse, exactly. Mm-hmm. They went through worse, bro. Like, I don't know if you guys caught up yet with... um cartoon that we talked about throughout the first few seasons was uh f is for family yeah i finally finished it yeah yeah you see what i'm saying like yeah. you learn a lot about you know his dad's generation mm-hmm. which is pretty much both no yeah no in between the generations our dads grew up in the one that they're depicting yeah, in between that's, that's yeah right in between. in between yeah because you figured that was the 70s i want yeah. to say yeah and his father was already in his 60s so again my dad was our dad was born i know mine was born in 46 yeah mine was 46 46 september so I mean, 46 so that yeah. father and frank you know the main character he had to be a, so it's in between there yeah. the point is that that gen was bro even worse 
Pops. Yeah, man. You know, because remember, back in that time, we over here just, you're lucky we're eating. Yeah, yeah. Not that we didn't struggle, but like yeah. back then it was like, yo, you're lucky we're literally eating. So you yeah. better not complain about shit. You know what I'm saying? Lucky like, I'm giving you food. There was there wasn't so many outlets as they yeah. were at least in the 60s, 70s yeah. compared to the 40s, 30s. Great Depression era. That's what I'm saying. Like there, that was tough, bro. Like, that shit was real. Yes. Yeah, Where it's like you almost have a, a built-in excuse because because of the times, like you had to be that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hard, tough times it, call for tough people. Exactly. Because if you're not, like you're just not gonna make it. You're gonna get swallowed up. You're gonna fucking eat. something's get. Something's gonna happen You're either gonna give up on something Give up on yourself Cave in The pressure is too much Here's the crazy part though So well, You have that on One end right But then you have The flip side of What's really happening behind the scenes So One of the, the people That I was thinking of When I was Thinking about this topic And I was taking notes Was Actors And like the leading man role so there was a dude named Rock Hudson back in the day. I remember that name. Rock Hudson was supposed to be like the man's man. You know what I'm saying? He what was, was like, his big character? I don't I don't remember the character, but I know he was like a big movie star back in the day. He was the leading man, handsome guy, gay as all hell. You know what I'm saying? On the low, though. And the press, and this is the back in the day when the press was respectful of you, like your private life. So they have, everybody knew. Like all the Hollywood circle, like everybody knew. He was married, I think, to Elizabeth Taylor for a little while, but everybody knew that was just like a, you know, front. Yeah. a front. Because, going back to what you said, Lee, procreate, yeah. protect. What was, the, what was the third P? Um, pro- protect. Provide. Provide. So it's like you're expected to be married and have a family. Now, I don't think they ever had kids because I just don't think he was about that vagina life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it just goes to show, like, okay, well, if I'm this leading man... I'm expected to have this beautiful woman on my arm and the times that they were, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, maybe even late 50s, definitely the 60s and, and early 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to play that role. Yeah, you do. You know what I mean? Like, there was... That's a good point. A good man, point. they were doing that up to recent, though, still, too. Yeah, yeah. People are still doing that. People are still doing that now. Yeah, they really are. Like, there's... Honestly, like, it's more the men doing it. Yeah, that's the crazy... Like, <clears throat> so... I know we'll touch on that and yeah, there's, moving there, forward. There's, there's certain action here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know where you're going. <laughs> Family Guy put it on there. A couple, yeah, a couple people have yeah. you know, joked about it, but yeah, there's yeah. some out there. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But just but, to stay on this, yeah, I was gonna say something else. Again, just going to, to the point of what a man, you know, what a man means. You ever notice this is it's hidden? But just think about this. To be a man, also, you ever think about you have to be angry and violent all the damn time that's kind of considered to be a man like you have to have again i guess it kind of goes to that macho aspect but violence and anger and and just being loud and being the the, the loudest person in the room and angry think that about goes to show uh, think about a the, think about think about the biggest well, one of the biggest tv characters back in the day ralph cramden yes. on the honeymooners yes what was his big like his uh one-liner yeah I'm going to punch you to the moon. Punch you to the moon. Right in the kisser. Straight to the moon. I was like, he was loud. He was always angry. Always Always angry. angry. Abusive. And and threatened to beat up his wife on a regular (laughs) basis. And that was what was. And that was just. (laughs) The notion. That was regular. And that's went out to the masses, though. Yeah. Yo, yeah, that's open because that's, about that. that's how a man was supposed to be perceived back then. Well, remember again, going back to this cartoon with Frank. Remember, yeah. he used to watch that cartoon yes. 
of the dude who was a man's man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he had a he had a one liner too in the show. Oh, you talking about Colt? Colt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What was his one liner? Like, oh shit, it was something like be a man or. Yeah. But whatever, same idea though. Concept was they were still watching shows, and that's the era where it's kind of talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you know, uh, you had that man's man kind of guy, and you have mm-hmm. to live up to that. Yeah. I mean, smacking like, women and burning down buildings. And- <laughs> <laughs> Think about the movies of that she era, though. Fucking Charles Bronson. Yeah. Now, I'm not like hating on Charles Bronson's career, but I remember those Death Wish movies. He's not exactly like, you know, uh, Oscar material. You know what I mean? But he just was a Definitely tough, like, wasn't. don't take no shit type of dude. That's true. And that was it. That was enough. Like That's true. Clint Eastwood always looked always looked angry and mad. Walked around with a freaking big ass gun. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it. That's what it was. I will say this though, you know, to touch on. That generation well, of men, I will say that if you are to look at them again um, and size them up with some of the men of today and of the future, the one thing I can say is that those men back in the day actually got shit done. Yeah, you know, yeah. something happens, they jump in a hole. Yeah, you know, uh, fucking something's broken. Something they fix something. What they did, whatever it is, they they. Got their hands dirty. They were by any means necessary. You know, they had to get it done. even if they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, yeah. pipe rupture. They using duct yeah. tape. Yeah. They trying to fix shit. They get their hands dirty. Nowadays, a lot of men it's just like, oh, but here, rotor rooter. But here's the, here's the thing though. If it's drilled into your head that you don't have a choice, like you have to do That's it, what I said. It's you by, don't even by any means necessary. You don't even think there's an option to do something else because it's been yeah. drilled in your head. Yeah, no, jump. absolutely. Like, fit, like, like, fix it. Yeah. Again, absolutely, but you know that is the epitome of what creativity was, also too. You see, because those men at that time and women as well, because of that go get them and jump in their attitude, that's what sparks creativity. That's what sparked people to feel that they can accomplish things. They got their hands dirty doing. Yeah. It. yeah. Nowadays, everyone has an option, like you said. I can just call, call somebody, somebody to fix this. Yeah. I'm gonna pay for it. I'm gonna pay for it exorbitantly. Yeah. But I still, you know, I, I'm paying for it at the end. That, that's also kind of being a man is I have the money to pay for it. <laughs> I guess it could be seen it's, that's the new age version as, of what it is now. Yeah. But I mean, even back in the 40s, I've watched movies where women have always gone back to not caring about your purse or, you know. So, I mean, that's a time, a timeless thing with men having money. Yeah. 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 You know, that's not a thing that's new or not. That's always been a thing. So, let's get into before... Our topic two, our segment, honorable mention, where we are honoring the late great Sidney Poitier. It's the SNA Live podcast, and it's time for the notable mention. And we're back for our honorable mention segment, honoring the late great Sidney Poitier. But before we get into that, we have to circle back and just speak on our cigar experience thus far. Leek, I'm going to let you set it off, brother. How's it going over there with your uh, Perdomo? I am thoroughly enjoying this. This is this is my type of cigar. It's earthy, but it still has that subtle sweetness to it. But the sweetness is more like a chocolate sweetness. You know what I mean? Like okay. Uh, so not overly sweet. It's not like overly dark sweet. Dark chocolate. Yeah. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate okay. sweet. Um, the pepper is just enough. It's not too much. Not overbearing. It's just enough. 
but it's very it's like on the back it's on the back end the sweetness is kind of is the finish what kind of is it like black pepper or white pepper this is a i would say a white pepper more of a okay, white so pepper yeah yeah so i'm enjoying this the draw is freaking excellent again it's a little bigger gauge than i'm used to but i'm it's not it's not messing up my experience so again that's a good thing that's that speaks to to the cigar so i'm definitely enjoying this one yeah. mm. Ron. so again i've been on a natural kick lately i have to say that the pepper on this is definitely subsided after the first third i think you were mentioned that earlier yep. and um it's starting to open up a little bit more sweet subtleness to it it's not too abrasive at all the construction is the same there's no heat up no burn up the burn is perfect the ash is nice and clean uh the draw is consistent and again you're starting to get that that vanilla that vanilla like light leather that's nice. right now it's a nice little combination yeah. going on yeah um I'm enjoying the experience with it so far. Definitely. I love the Maduro with that. But that one I haven't gone there yet either. I actually like the Maduro better, but that's that's a good one. So, again, if you're on a natural vibe, and I, uh, for me too, uh, I think Kami was mentioning the gauge of his particular cigar that he's smoking. For me, this is a like a double Toro Gordo. This is a little bit bigger than what I like to particularly smoke. I think 54 is kind of like my range. Mm -hmm. Mm. All the way down to like a Corona. Yeah. I like to stay in that realm there. Yeah, yeah. I do smoke a Lancero once in a while, but a nice little Corona, you know, uh, on its way up to, uh, like I said, a, a Toro for me, I'll definitely do. But a 54, definitely. 56, real good experience with it so far, though. I'm not mad. Great job, Escobar. Yeah. Great job, guys. Conway, what about you? So keep in mind, don't smoke Lanceros too often. But I will say this. Once I kind of got over the whole Lancero thing, because the draw is not going to be as, it's not that that punch is not going to be there like you would get with a Robusto. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah, the exact, yeah, the, the body of smoke. That's exactly, kinda. exactly. So once you kind of get over that and kind of adjust your, 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 um, Smoking meter kind of like yeah, 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 the, yeah the meter of what you're used to in terms of the smoke that you're getting you tend to realize and recognize the the nuances of the cigar so it's definitely a smooth cigar i would say it has like a slight earthiness but i, I, just, did, I just did a retro hail getting a little little floral notes to it so you'll get that yeah 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 so it's it's a decent cigar it's like i would and, and I'm, as i'm sitting here though i can't front i'm sitting here thinking this seems like it's pretty good tobacco. I wish they had this in a Robusto. Mm. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Just because, once again, nothing against the actual um, makeup of the cigar in terms of the tobacco, the tobacco, but it's the, the Lancero thing. You know what I'm Yo, saying? You would really enjoy the J.P. Ricciardo Classic that we have in there. Yeah. You would really appreciate that. Same blenders. So I will probably, what size do we have that in? And a Toro. Toro, right? Yep. All right. You know what? Do I have my cigar picked up for next week already? If, if so, it'll be the fourth week. It'll be episode four. There you nice. go. Nice. Follow back on this episode four where I'll review the Pachardo. <laughs> so let's get into the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Sidney Poitier. Poitier. Born in February 1927. Jesus, it sounds like so, such a long time. So he was the first black person, man or woman, to win Best Actor at the Academy Awards in 1964. Now, some people will say, like, wait a minute, didn't the woman from Gone with the Wind get the Oscar uh -huh. too? She did, but she got it for supporting. 
Yeah, he was the first black mm. person to get best actor. Best exactly, actor. and I think it was for the movie Lilies in the Field, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So the reason why I had a, a, a combination of the bottom mm. and the look how many years had mm. gone by yeah, before it took the next person, yeah, the, next next black man, the, or just the first. Yeah, yeah, because the Oscars was around for a minute. Uh, over a hundred years. Yeah, Gone with the Wind was like in the. 30s some point so it just shows yeah. you the time frame that we grew up in yeah. and how monumental his accomplishment yeah. is yeah. yeah yeah and his body work is, is insane so on the black movie side of things uptown saturday night with bill cosby classic let's do yeah. it again with bill cosby classic those two together a raisin in the sun that was a controversial what? movie classic all around oh yeah but then he had the mainstream movies like to serve with love in the heat of the night and then what he got the uh the oscar for lilies in the field now here's something i did not know up until today when i was doing the research for the background for the for the episode so when i'm so richard pryor is probably not even probably richard pryor is my favorite comedian of all time i'm with you on that one and as a kid i used to love watching richard pryor movies and one of my favorite movies that Richard Pryor ever did was called Stir Crazy. Mm-hmm. If y'all remember that movie, that. oh, you got to see yeah, Stir bro. Crazy. That's a classic. So it was like in 1982, 83, somewhere around there with Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah. Those two together, bro. Yo, comedy. Oh, oh I, I saw that. I saw that. I'm yeah. I saw I remember, they got a couple movies together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so maybe that was. I, yeah, they got a couple I, together. Okay. So they were in jail. They, yeah. they were wrongfully, wrongfully convicted. Yep. And they were just like going through it the whole time. And they escaped. And then, all right. So what I did not know up until today. Sidney Poitier directed that movie. You shitting me? Yeah, yeah. All this time, that's been my one of my favorite. If, if you talk about comedies, it's probably like one of my top five favorite. So comedies if you look at the timeline, time. right? He just won the award in what year? In '64. But then he's doing all these movies in the '70s. So he built up yeah. and kept hitting, hitting. Then he, then he took like a ten-year gap in, in terms of just. I think he just went back. Oh, he's Bahamian-born, by the way. Nice. Caribbean brother. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. from the Bahamas. Oh, Portier. Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Bahamian brother, and he. I think he went back uh, to the Bahamas in his later years. Um, but this brother was six foot two, good-looking brother, articulate, and. The years he was doing his thing, like he he was the Denzel of it. If people yeah. people yeah. who are younger that, and, and that are listening to this, that's great, right there. That don't know saying, about this man, go. His impact is that of yeah. how Denzel was for hours. Google him, man. Yeah. This brother, and 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 because it was the '60s and it was the late '50s, his impact was even more than Denzel. Because when Denzel came around. You know, uh, we still had issues with our representation in movies. I'm not racism saying that. wasn't a problem. Exactly. Not as big. Not as <laughs> not, big. Yeah, not as big at all. So, whether whether the narrative of the black man in this country was shiftless, conniving, lazy, inarticulate, dumb, uh, shysty, yeah. criminal, violent, Sidney Poitier embodied what it was to be a successful professional articulate man yeah. in every sense of the word yeah I agree and with that. carried himself with class through his entire life and he but, also demanded respect i was uh listening to an interview and they were interviewing him and 
I guess they they kept asking him the stereotypical questions that you would ask a uh-huh. ask a black person, and he was like, "Listen, I'm more than I'm more than just a black man. You know, what I mean, I'm I'm articulate, I'm smart. Don't just don't just keep asking me these same questions." Like, so he also stood up for himself. Also, he didn't he didn't just let people walk. No, no, to to yeah. touch on that yeah. even more, there was a clip that I just saw recently that I didn't know that the original script had it as him just receiving a smack. So there's a scene I forgot from what movie it's from, oh, yeah. but he's like in a florist. Yeah. And he's approaching this white guy. Yeah. And for whatever the altercation happens, the white guy is supposed to smack him and he's supposed to sit there and take it. Yeah. He told the director that no, shit don't fly with me. It's beneath me. I'm yeah, yeah, like, that's not who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't reflect who I am to sit there and absor- absorb that. Yeah, even yeah, as yeah. his character. Yeah. So in the scene, white dude hits him, he pops him right back. <laughs> <laughs> he does it quick though. Yes, he does. It's like a reaction joint, it's a backhand too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. white dude is telling the cop there, did you see <laughs> that? <laughs> oh yeah. That probably was in the heat of the night. I, that could have been. because probably like, like, considering cops, cops and everything. It was yeah, a cop thing. Yeah, so yeah. that was the heat of the night there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Not surprising, man. Not surprising. This, this brother. It's funny, Tony Baker just put it up the other day and did like a yeah, like remake of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. But that's so, a backdrop to He even told the director. And it, well, this is in the whatever. When was he the night done, Conway? Uh, I don't know the exact year. I want to say it was in the late 60s. So, again, this early is, 70s. just to touch on the impact that you were mentioning of who he was. For him to be able to tell the director at that time, mm-hmm. that ain't flying. Yeah, I'm Sydney Party. That's the equivalent to like how Chappelle and these guys, too, are like, yo, I'm not wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? The torch? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I just wanted to like allude to that because you had just asked. I'm sorry, you had just made the statement leak about him, you know. He stuck, he stuck out for himself. In an interview, and he did it on camera, yeah, too. on camera. So, uh, that's a, a huge, huge... Uh, yeah, blackball these days. Well, back then, doing stuff like that. Yeah, you could find yourself on your last movie. Yeah. So, however we want to define man, regardless, regardless of it's back in the day, present day, future, whatever, he embodied what it was to stand up and, and, and be a man in any... Description or definition of the word. So, Facts. shout out, Mr. Sidney Poitier. So let's get into our final topic, which is what it means to be a man today, especially considering in light of homosexuality being more accepted. The term beta man even being a thing, whereas that was not something that was talked about or not something that was even a name, because I think the the term in and of itself would be the very opposite of what it was to be a band based on the old school description. So I guess my question is, is that to, to the both of you when you think of a man today versus what it was supposed to be back in the day how do you see it in terms of how it changed how do you see it for the better for the worse and everything in between so I mean I'll start in this one um, <clears throat> especially since I coach a lot I'm around a lot of different individuals I see a lot of different aspects of Male activity yeah. Being fathers Men Whatever you want to call it Yeah um, I will say this There's There's two sides to it There's Parents Or fathers nowadays At least that are way more involved In their kids lives mm-hmm. You know they, They're like Really into their kids lives You know They 
they helped them to try to not have the same type of upbringing that they did you know, um, and don't get it twisted that can go above and beyond too there's a coddling stage I mean I'm sure there is but it's funny because the back in the day man we were just talking about in the last topic it was kind of like you were to provide and protect if need be but other than that in terms of raising a kid yeah, that was that's the woman's job. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm out working. I yeah. did my job. Yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to, and that's it. Like that's the lights are on, there's food on the table because yeah. I'm out there working. Anybody fucks with y'all, I'm here. Saying? I'm here. Let's you know. Yeah, we can go to hands. We can I, whatever. Pull the strap out. Let's, whatever. let's go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But or even to get that food on the table, they do. They did whatever they need. They to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But exactly. I get it. Now it's again the positive. Like I said, I see. I see that they. They're involved in their lives, but again, the coddling could be a thing. I've seen that happen a lot too. Whereas you see um, fathers that have grown up away in a way where they never want their kids to have that experience. Yeah. So yeah. much that you know, like how you know we've had some of uh, you know of our history whitewashed. Most of our history whitewashed, I should say. Yeah. yeah. You know, most fathers tend to want to whitewash their own past. You know what I mean? And really give their kids everything that they didn't have. Now, there's great sides to that, you know, because the kids grow up in a situation that you never did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then sometimes that also creates a spoiled mentality. Sometimes they OD, basically. Yeah, it's a little too much. So the positive thing, again, is for me, seeing the activity in the life. Mm. Then one of the negatives back of, to combat that is, like I said, sometimes it's a little too much of a helicopter. Mm. And just for the people that never heard that term, helicopter parenting, like what, what is that exactly? It's basically think about what, her, what a helicopter would do, how it would hover over someone. You know what I mean? A helicopter has the opportunity to. A helicopter parent literally hovers over every nook, cranny, move, crevice, everything that a kid does. That could be from cloning their phones to, you know, uh, checking the in and out, watching the cameras in the house when they walk in through the door, you're, you're, you're 30 seconds late. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, believe it or not, there's parents out there like that. There's a lot of them like that. They are. All races, not just All races. All yeah. races. All races. That's just parenting in this era that we're in now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But again, you know, um, for me, those two jump off, you know, I... It's a longer list, but I mean, Lee, what would you? So I'll st stay sick on the positives. Funny you said that. That's kind of goes to my point. And I'll take this from a personal experience. I'm very transparent. I don't mind, you know, telling my past. So I grew up with not only a father, but my mother was my mother was tough as hell too. My mom was quiet. You see, my mom, my mom was quiet, but she came from a Caribbean family. You know, uh, father was in the military. Mother was straight off the islands. Very strict household. So I had that. But then I also had a very militant dad who, again, was in the military. His, his dad was in the military. He, um, you know, he was around Black Panthers at that time. My aunt was a Black Panther. My, my uncle was a freaking, you know, 5%er kind of going in between the Black Panther, you know, that whole revolutionary time. So I was raised as, like, you can't show, no, don't you, you gonna cry? What? Mm -hmm. I dare you to cry. Like, you know what I mean? Like I had that very aggressive man, dad and I saw the positive effects of it obviously now that I'm older the positive and the negative but I'll say the positive of it now you know how things has changed is that because of how I was raised like that I didn't know how to express myself because it was always like shut up what did I tell you to do you know you remember those parents like your emotions they're, they're, are relevant yeah they yeah. ask you a question and then you say shut up you know yeah, what I mean yeah. so your, your words mean your nothing words mean here. nothing so you you know I didn't know how to express myself so I was very quiet but I had this built-in anger mm -hmm. which again I'll get to the negative side of that but 
so I didn't say much. So now that these kids kind of things are changing a little, I think it's good now that you can, and again, I'll speak to myself as a father and, and, and raising a son, you teach them because I've been through that experience. Now I can try to teach them that middle ground where, yes, I'm going to be tough, but I want you to express yourself. Yeah. With whatever's on your mind, talk to me, tell me. Don't yeah, hide that. That's in. key. I'll get mad at you, and then after I get my point across, then I'm, I'm gonna let you talk now. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, I again I learned that from the things my dad did wrong. You yeah, know, of course. Raising you try me, not so to do you a replicate. To do, you, know, you don't want to replicate yeah. that. So again, a positive aspect. Now these kids are able to express themselves a little more, and um, you know, you know, say what's on their mind, express their feelings, and not feel like they're. That's S word, the sissy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm just expressing what you know, whatever's on my mind. I'm angry. I'm angry at this. I don't like this. I, this, this has bothered me. Versus, what? Well, shut up, shut up. You know, don't say anything. You know what I mean? So I think that's helping these kids to, to a point where now, again, that anger is not built up as much now because mm -hmm. if their anger now, they, their anger is with words now, which leads to you know, music, hip hop. You know, whatever it is, but now they're able to express themselves because there's not that overly, you know, manly thing where it's just like, I don't care what you're going through. Shut up. Live live your life. Go do do this, do that. You know what I mean? Hey, so, you know what's funny? I didn't really think about it until like literally just now when you said that about them being able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. Our parents' generation, it was kind of, not even kind of, it was if a husband smacked his wife, it's like fair game. It, yeah. But I think it goes back to there's a frustration there, there's an anger there, but there's not an ability to understand how to communicate that. Yes, exactly. So you just communicate with your hands. Yep. And just, you your know, hands are yelling or just, you know, yeah. your voice, you know, raising your voice. Yeah, definitely, man. So, that, I mean, that's the positive side. I mean, the negative is kind of speaks to the same point. Now these kids are trying to balance this, this, I don't want to seem like I'm soft or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a wuss. But at the same time, I want to say what's on my mind. And I think that's what's been leading to a lot of these psychological issues with these kids where they're, they're, um, they don't know who they are. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... So what are the dads of today, though, doing that are affecting that process? I, I, I don't think it's the dads. Well, I think it's society, what's going on around them, the kids, what they're seeing around them. I think that's what's affected and can kind of goes to the point where the homosexuality, um, you know, seeing, seeing kids that not every kid that... Put it like this, when we grew up in the hood, it was rare that you saw a very soft, feminine kid. Even if he was, you didn't you didn't see that. Nowadays, these kids are going to school and this dude, this kid's walking around with dresses and uh, switching or have a very low voice. You know, they see, they're seeing different things and it's like, well, is that okay? Is that, maybe that's okay. You know, and I think that's what's leading to a lot of these kids being confused. So you, you, I, think, I think it's leading, society is, is the way society is, is now, it's making these kids confused. They don't know what, if you have your dad telling you be these macho man, but then you're going to school and you, your friends are expressing themselves different or they, or they look different or they're dressing different, they're talking different. It's kind of making them confused. Like, well, who am I? You know what I'm so, saying? So to a point I do, uh, for me personally, since you, you went on a personal, because when I had first started addressing this, I was talking about like the masses. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I think it's a little different uh, uh, take on that. <clears throat> I do agree that social media and the world around us does have an impact on the kids. But Definitely. at the end of the day, though, the yeah. kids have a baseline, and the baseline is the home. And but it you, also, you're not around your kids all the time. Your kids are outside the house more than they're inside so the house. So the trick to that, though, is And like, they're on their phones more than they're talking to you. So uh, t ten, I totally agree. Like, uh, I'm not disagreeing about any of that. But my parents, for instance, they, real, they I was raised with the mentality of 
I'm putting this in your head so that when I'm not around, you still hear the voice and you make the better decisions yeah. in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you need me constantly there to help you with every single thing, you're in trouble. Yeah. So the, for the moments that you're not there, that's when you worry the most about the kids and their decision making. So that's why I say that a part of it comes from the baseline, which comes from the home, where how you anchor your kids down and let them understand the process of what's going on out there and to, to still speak their mind and do that stuff, but have a grounding more so of who they know who their father is and what their father does and what he represents and the expectations I have of myself as a kid that are put on me because of my father and my mother. I think that that anchoring system changes a little bit of the narrative when it comes to just blaming everything strictly on the outside world because nowadays like you did mention it's a true point where the kids are around themselves and their friends a lot more than because parents, truth be told yeah. nowadays like when i was growing up uh, borderline you could have one parent working you still had a, a mom who could stay home yeah she could yeah okay especially growing up in the hood you could make it work if the father had a good job mm -hmm. not anymore <clears throat> not anymore that's right now it's most parents have to work and if it's a single parent they're working two jobs yeah so the kids are just basically by themselves yeah, they, they're raising themselves they are and yeah. social media and and their friends are raising them it, it is but it's also about the anchoring system about shit I think the anchoring has a lot to do with it too. And a lot of parents, I believe, especially fathers, some of them are so damaged from their prior life or their previous life of being young, yes, going yeah. through the shit they went through. They don't want their kids to go through the same thing. Yep. But what they tend to do is just say yes to everything though. Mm -hmm. and, that's what, softer, yeah. and that's what opens up the opportunity for them to feel that they can do whatever they want yeah, how so, they want it. So, so I'm, a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kind of circle back to, to the original original point because we kind of veered, veered off a little off. something yeah, yeah so i'm just gonna ask this so because i know sometimes i catch myself because and i've said this multiple times on the show if you listen we're 80s babies we grew up in a certain era so i sometimes have to catch myself where so my wife when i first started dating her before we were married she lived in brooklyn right she lived in bedstuy i'm sorry before that she lived in bushwick she was in bushwick first and then bedstuy so bushwick and bedstuy is very gentrified now, right? Oh, yeah. It's not the same anymore, like how it was when we grew up. So I'd be going to visit her and see dudes, mainly white dudes, when I, when I refer to what I'm about to refer to, walking down the street with a man bun. Mm -hmm. And it just was kind of like, mm, mm -hmm. what are you doing, brother? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you, what are you doing? But I had to catch myself because it's, it goes back to that once again, that definition, that old school definition mm -hmm. of what it was to be a man. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a man bun was pretty much the polar opposite of what that was. You know what I'm saying? So, the feminine. so exactly, exactly. But that's a thing. That's a trend that is very, very popular, mostly among hipsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could combat that a little bit, though. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go and talk about um, one, of my, one of my favorite movies, uh, Remember the Titans. Okay. Is that Denzel? Denzel. Yeah, Denzel. Yeah. There's a particular character in there that they they, they relate. They, they, his name was Sunshine. Mm. He was a quarterback from California. Okay. Long hair, fit the description of everything that you're leaning towards in your description right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing though is that this motherfucker was bad. Mm. He'd fuck up anybody, which he did. Yeah. He stood up for himself, and he was literally physically gifted. Yeah. More than quote unquote the male man man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know. The viewpoint on those things sometimes is literally 
the epitome of judging a book by the cover. Oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and that's why I said like I would catch myself. Absolutely, because it's because like it's also your old thinking because of your old upbringing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I get it. I definitely get it. I got used to it quick because my son had grown his hair long from being young. Yeah, now I remember. He always wanted to be yeah. Hercules, yeah. and you know, to today he's still. So I had to absorb that idea of him having long hair and him playing football at that. Mm. But then we started watching football throughout the eras, and you got guys like Troy Palomalu. Would you ever tell him there's something wrong with him? Nah. You know, the, you know. I would not. That's because I watched those Steelers games back in the day. And a that brother of, hit hard. There's tons <laughs> of players that have long hair and they do the same. Yeah. So you know, you started seeing that type of change. It's like you know what? That takes an actual sense of confidence in oh, you yeah. to be able to rock. Definitely. You know what I mean? But I get where you're going to. It leans towards the today's narrative of going towards that whole yeah. Beta. What, what's what's masculinity? What's, what's, like yeah. What is the borderline? Because nowadays, bro, this, these pronouns are just, I can't keep up. I'm starting to feel old. Yeah. I didn't, oh, no, know, I I didn't know what a beta man was about a month ago. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I've, I've been that... felt old, man. It's, it's, it's a rap. And, and, and speaking of rap, so, Leek, I purposely didn't mention this before the, 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 the show so I can tell it to you live on the show. Mm-hmm. So, we get into this thing about Drake all the time. Yeah. And I think Drake is the epitome of the, the the shift in what it is to be a cool dude you know what exactly. i'm saying that like because part of like what was being a cool dude before was being a man's man yeah yeah and the reason why and and i have this argument with, with Leak all the time like i'm not the biggest drake fan you know what i'm saying and if i really sit back and think about it as to why that is it's not light skin hate it's just <laughs> really <laughs> Really chocolate? <laughs> Damn, you went there. It's it's how overly sensitive he is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dude. Yeah. Like in my in, in like He's, in my mind, it's like he'll grow a pair. But then at the same time, it's you can't take away from his massive when I say I mean massive success. Mm-hmm. So it's like and well, I never And his talent. Talent, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I, and I never really if you know if leak, if you noticed Anytime we got into a, a debate about him, it never was really me saying, "Yeah, he's not talented." He's not talented. It was more about how he carried himself and the, and yeah, the, the exactly. persona that he put out. Exactly. But it and, goes and to you're right. Whole, he's, he's birthed a lot of these kids. And you know how and they it are goes right to now. the whole thing though. How I just utilize it. I'm not comparing Drake to Sunshine, but what I am saying is, you get this look of him of what he portrays himself to be and how he is in control of the shift. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while when you feel that or when rather when he feels mm. he's being threatened or something's being categorized in a weird way with him, he finds a massive way to remind everyone why he's the truth. <laughs> exactly. So he'll come out on some hood shit. We all know he ain't hood, but when it comes yeah. to rapping, he'll body anybody. Mm-hmm. And everyone stayed away from him. It was the same curse that Eminem had, the same curse that Ludacris had. Nobody want Jada Kiss had the same thing. Nobody wanted no problem with these people yeah. because They'll end your career. Like you said, I don't I don't make albums for you, I make albums for your girl. Yeah. yeah your girl's does. buying it. And you secretly buying it too. You just don't want to tell them. You secretly it. sing it. That's what it is. <laughs> You're definitely singing this shit. But then here's the thing though, because then at the same time you have dudes our age and a little older with the jokes. Like remember that meme where it was like um this is the way dudes that listen to Drake close the fridge. Yes. It was a dude like Yeah, that was they the went hard with, his, with that with for his a hips. while. With his hips. Yeah. <laughs> 
D- a DMX one on a radio station one time when he first got out of jail. I hate this motherfucker. He like, went on. I hate yeah, that. He did. Uh, it was it was because of what you said. It just he didn't see him as a real man. That's not what that's not what he perceived the man to be. And he's like he couldn't understand how all the success. I remember they kid. watched him on TV as a handicapped kid. Yeah, you know, with too. smile. Yeah. You know. By the way, two of the biggest selling artists nowadays are Jewish. When it comes to hip hop, Drake and Doja Cat. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I know Georgia Cat was Jewish. I just found that out recently. Wow, didn't know that. Okay. She's, she's talented. I'm a fan. She's, she's, she's talented. She is. No, know. she is. She's talented. She is. I, I, she created. I witnessed her talent on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. She created this TikTok craze right yeah. now. She's big with that, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, Conway got lost for a second. That pepper, yeah, that pepper, and that throwback mind of his right there. Yeah, yeah, had had a loss in a thought. Ooh, that YouTube video I looked at the other day. So realistically, though, like when you hear the term beta male, yeah. What? That, well, let me ask you. Does that bother? Does it bother you? What do you mean? Does it bother like, me? The fact that that's where we've come now is that that that's 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 normalized now being a, a beta male. I mean, Conway kind of admitted boss <laughs> because he's at least initially when he saw dudes running, walking around with you know man buns and Drake became so, a big. Star. So like I like I said, it it does until I catch myself yeah. and realize like okay, yeah, you, what what am I really saying? Yeah, you know so what I'm saying? I've I've crossed that threshold already. Um, you know, it's crazy. My upbringing, I was always around my my family. They hung out with a lot of party groups. You know what I mean? Like mm. they had large groups that were parties, and it was usually. Uh, gay folk around, you know, they used to hang out. So I had well, anytime these, you have the party crowd, that's, that's that comes yeah. along right along with it. I had a set of aunts of mine. They were they were my aunt. They still I still call them my aunts till today. They are not related to me, mm-hmm. one way, shape, or form, no way. But I had two aunts that I knew nothing about back in the day. Just, they were just awesome every time we was hanging out with them. They used to live in Tracy Towers. Okay, yeah, right off of uh, Mashula. Mashula, right there. Yeah, yeah. And you find out later, you know, as you grow older, you start learning. Like, wait a minute. They're gay They were a couple Yeah yeah You know what I mean And their crowd of friends Were the ones that would hang out So mm-hmm. being around that I From young I was able to separate And see And realize it They're people At the end of the day mm-hmm. So when it hits Like you asked me the question Does it bother me Absolutely not And here's why Because there's assholes Out here in the world There's vindictive people Out here in the world There's people who uh, Want to do bad And destroy yeah. And then there's people who are people that are just normal people like anywhere else. They just have different callings to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, I'm not mad about it. It doesn't bother me because it doesn't have a direct reflection to me or myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just I'm more the idea of just allowing people to be, them. be themselves. Yeah. And whatever it is, it goes back to what you were saying before, how you have this conversation with your son. You allow him to voice his opinion, to speak. Well, it's the same idea with allowing people just to be themselves. You know, the truth of the matter is we're literally in this ride of life, you know, for whatever time frame we're in it for. You should be able to do the things that make you happy. Yeah. And think about how many of those people in the 50s, 60s, 70s that lived literally closeted lives. Mm. Like that term was for real. Yeah. Yeah. You live a closeted life for real. Imagine back then being married to a woman and... You really are in love with this other dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, if you really love, there's like a real thing there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. imagine you couldn't be able to live your life feeling or understanding what that truly meant because yeah. it's not what the norm is out here. Yeah, I know. I know a dude. Uh, he's a friend of my wife's, and uh, that was that was I was going to touch on that. 
I didn't really, again, growing up in hood and it just my, my background, family, everything was tough and everything. And until I met my wife, because she's an artist, so half of her friends are, are, were gay, male and female. Yeah. So I was always around them. So I was just like, oh, they, they're cool. You know what I mean? So I, that's that's where, to, to answer the question, that's where I was just like, all right, I, I'm, I'm cool. I, I get it. But um, I forgot what was gonna, my point I was going to make. Oh, so the whole, the whole you know, fem, femininity thing, have you ever thought of this? I, Touch on this really quick. Also, besides homosexuality, do you think women's rights have also changed? Just basically how how um, just men carry themselves, where they don't feel like they have to be as mas- masculine. And I'll let you think on that. It's a good question. That's actually a very good question. Um, it's something I was thinking about. But before before I, I touch on that though, just just so we're clear, you can be. And just, just so we, we're not equating being a beta male or being a little bit more effeminate with being gay, you can be masculine as hell and still and be gay. You yeah, can also yeah, yeah. be a little effeminate Facts. and not be gay. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like Triple OG from uh, fucking uh, next Friday. The Friday, <laughs> Friday after next. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Damn, like, Tupac. Ooh. <laughs> Shit. Who's your little friend over there? Well, that's just magic Mike, man. He looking magically delicious. You know? I'm sorry. Let, let's not, because that, that topic, I know what I was going to get on that topic, and we can say that for another show. What yeah. I was going to say is I'm, I knew a dude um, who was married for years. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him when he was married, but I met him like after he got divorced. Mm-hmm. And I met the dude in my head, I'm just like, and I'm listening to him, I'm like, damn, this dude is gay. Why is he like, why is he not just coming out? Like, just be yourself. And we would hang out, and then I would hang out, he was in a group. And then, and, he would, and then he would always talk about his ex-wife, oh, I hate about why it didn't work out. And he finally, his divorce was over. And then I didn't see him till years later. He came out the closet. And now he's like, he's happy. Before he used to always be upset and mad. Let, let me ask you something. Where, where was he from? He's from, he's from the city. He's from, from New York? Yeah, he's from Really? I believe he's from New York, yeah. I didn't know him that well to know huh. him. I think he's from New York. But now he's just, he's not like flaming anything, but he's living his life now. You That's know cool. what I mean? So it goes to say like, you know, think times has changed. He felt like he had to get married because that was the thing to do. He worked in the corporate world. He had to so, be married. So the reason I ask that is because it's way harder when you come from the South. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a new, so, my wife has another friend. <laughs> so, so the second question is, was he into the church? Yes, he was. Hi, All right, very, very into church. And that, that answers the question. Yes. Because when you said, so there's three things. And, and then this is just the reality of the situation. Just, I think, being black in this country, I think we're still a little bit behind in terms of accepting um, gay couples or, or just homosexuality in general. Mm-hmm. Number two, when you're from the South, I think it's harder because they believe in quote-unquote family tradition. Yeah. And then yeah. lump the church on into that. Yeah, you with the religious to, aspect. Into yeah, it. and actually, when I say church, I don't mean just Christian church. I mean like any type of like religion, organized yeah, religion, church, whether it be Judaism, yeah, religion in general, Islam, yeah. Christianity. General. Like they all three, pretty much frown upon homosexuality. So when you asked, when I when I asked before, like where was he from? You said he's from the city. I was like, oh, okay. So then, all right. Well, he's not from the south. Is he black? Mm-hmm. All right. So he's black. And he was into the church. So I think it just makes it that much harder because once again, we talked about the era we grew up in and it was drilled into our heads what a man was supposed to be. The church also does that too. Or religion, I should say, does that too. Yeah, sure. It gives you guidelines on what a man is responsible for. Designated roles in terms of what you're supposed to be. The one thing I do want to say before we get a little too off a little bit, 
Um, I don't know if any of you know what the actual definition of a beta male is. Yeah, I wrote it down. All right, so go for it. So people, so just in case, because you said you heard about it first time last month. About a month ago. There so, might be people yeah, listening that and I, and I don't want to just tie this name to because I think we've gone a little bit the route of attaching the type of the term beta male to homosexuality. to homosexuality. Yeah. That's why I, like, yeah. five minutes ago I was like, yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I want to elaborate a little bit more so you understand. Not, yeah. A man tending to assume a passive or subser or subversant role. Subservient role in social or professional situations. So basically, there's nothing there's nothing macho about that guy, yeah. as an example. So for instance, yeah. I've come across thousands of guys like this in my life. It's the guy in the, the the store who's the store manager, and he has no kind of uh, I wouldn't say aggressiveness to him, but very passive. Mm -hmm. Very, it's okay. We'll make it work. Everything yeah. will be just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll grant you this, and we'll give you this on top of that. We're mm -hmm. sorry, you know, like that. That's kind of what the beta male, by definition, is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone who's very passive, non-macho, yeah. more sensitive. But, but here's the thing, though. The reality of it is, if you've ever been to a museum and saw a painting, you were like, "Yo, that painting is dope." That shit is fire. Mm -hmm. Odds are, if it's a man that painted it, he was the quote unquote beta man. Like the arts in general yeah. lend itself to the more passive. Yeah. If it's a man yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, art, yeah. the more passive personality, the more sensitive personality. That, because yeah. as an artist, that's the word sensitive. Yeah. yeah, as an artist, especially old art. Yeah. Yeah. Like old, I'm talking about like Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, type no, I know art. what you meant. I know what you meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, there's a rumor about the Mona Lisa. I've heard many things about the Mona Lisa. Which one are you talking about in particular? So the one where it's—I forgot the name of his so-called lover. He's painted him before, though, in other famous paintings. Mm. So Leonardo had his own lover, mm. and when you combine the when they show the other paintings of his lover, because he had a secret tryst with yeah. a man, yeah, and when he painted him. His gift to his lover was showing him how he can portray him as a her. As a her. <laughs> and that's one of the deep rumors behind mm. the Mona Lisa. Because what, I, I'll look it up and I'll even tap into the show notes when we put up as a posting. So some people could look it up as a tag. There, I forgot the name of his lover, but I, there's other famous paintings that you have seen. Mm. Like if I showed them to you, but yeah, like yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you watch any kind of like uh, uh, Da Vinci Code and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely been in there. So here's the thing, looking back on it, if you look at the features of Mona Lisa, she's not the most That's feminine most looking woman. Yeah. Which goes to this whole conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he used to try to depict his lover in the most masculine and feminine ways possible, but the Mona Lisa supposedly was his gift to his lover, showing the world where how he sees him in his eyes. Wow. I never heard that before. I gotta look that up. I gotta read that up. On it's that. crazy. It's a crazy conspiracy. Yeah, look it up. It's pretty yeah. popular. Like it's been researched a lot on Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta look that up, man. That's cool. So That's and cool. And you can't like. It's not a straight thing. We're going to use actual paintings that he painted of this same individual. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what just opens up the corridor in your mind to say, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean? But then, it, like, once again, when you talk about, like, old school artists or whatever, this thing goes back. Like, what I, what I sometimes get frustrated on is, or about, I should say, is when the whole, like, the term beta male might be a new term, 
but the type of dude the definition of what you're looking has for has been there yes. since the dawn of man you it's know what just, I'm it's coming different phrases yeah and 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 look this was a new country you know what i'm saying like in terms of like when uh in col- terms general yeah it, it's still it, a fairly young country yeah it is it is but what i'm saying is when you have something new and you're trying to especially when you started by just wiping out a whole people and it's hard and you're trying to come up you kind of have to be tough because it's tough times yeah, yeah. but Prior to that, when you talk about Leonardo da Vinci, he's in Italy, you know what I'm saying? Way, way back in the day where that was an already established society. So you can have, you know, an art renaissance and have sensitive people because you have a established society. So you don't have to be mm-hmm. rough. Yeah. So right. now you have the the ability to be a man who can be a little bit more of a, a sensitive type and not be ridiculed or looked at any time, any type of way. Especially the culture and, and the... Yeah, back in that era. Yeah. It was part of the culture. Yeah. You look at Roman era, you look at Greek era. Exactly. It was not a secret. It wasn't frowned upon. No. It wasn't frowned upon for one, but it wasn't a secret either. Yep. The makeup wearing, the 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 you know, the way they, they carried themselves it was different. And I guess that's what it basically boils down to. We've kind of come almost like full, full circle. circle, you know, because Shakespeare plays. Oh. Do you know Shakespeare never had women in his plays? Never. Men played every single role. Yep. Wow. Yep. They put on dresses, makeup, tights, yep. the whole nine. So it goes like I said, it just goes kind of back to when you have a society that's already established and you're starting to be able to be a little bit more comfortable in not having to worry about all right, we're in tough times because it's the come up or it's the Great Depression or it's uh the, the, the construction era and and, and and you know trying to build something. We're pretty comfortable as a country, you know what I'm saying? We have yeah. more money than we know what to fucking do with. Now, is it is it distributed equally? No. Hell no. But as a it's country, here. as it's a country, here. we're good financially, you know what I'm saying? So now, because of that, and, and going back to the rap thing, these rappers now, with the exception of a few, you know what I'm saying, that come out the South and it's like real like hard times or whatever, a lot of these dudes grew up in the kind of comfortable situations. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's like... You know the the era that we came up in, and, and and especially New York rappers. A lot of those were dudes that came up in the crack era. You know what I'm saying? Like our our favorite rappers are the Nas's, the Jay Z's, the Wu Tang's. You know, dudes like that that were born in the '60s and that came up in the '80s. You had to be a certain type of yeah. There was a certain tough because yeah. Yo, anybody that was born in the 2000s, I know New York has a reputation. New York was crazy back in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, it was the Walking Dead. Like even if you were gay, you couldn't really show that okay, shit in the hood. Now there were. I got tons of stories. Yeah, of those. you told us. Yeah, I, I have mentioned yeah. that before. Now there were. There was always you know the village. You know what I'm saying? There that was, was like, their haven. There was the, the their the, safety the, net. The, the and um, not even because they would still get fucking yeah jumped and shit. There was um you know all types of clubs or whatever the the, 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 the drag queen scene that was all in the city. Yeah, but that was usually at night. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, it was in very spot specific, spot specific, yeah. where they felt safe to be who they were. This wasn't just walking down 125th Street. Definitely yeah. not. Been, I know you've been to Harlem lately. Whole another world. Whole another world. Yo, Harlem now is not far from that, though. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Especially over by Park Avenue and shit, there, bro. Yeah, like whole another world over there. The whole they ain't like prostitutes out there from what we grew up with. There's straight male. Yeah. yeah. Prostitutes over there. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a different it's a different situation, man. But I think it just boils down to when we talk about what it is to be a man today. I think the pressures aren't there for men to not have to feel 
like they are they have to be a certain type of way and i guess we're i think we're fucked like we're we're i i know i still have issues or problems um communicating i've with my wife all the time like yeah, i get, yeah, get yeah. upset at her like I just I shut down yeah, yeah. and she's like what the fuck and I'm just like yo I sometimes don't know how to express myself yeah. without just yelling at you and I'm, not trying, to, and I'm not trying to scream on you, you so know I'm just saying? gonna go to default that's what it goes to how we were raised you go into your default and yeah. you just just shut, I shut down I shut, shut down. down yeah me too you know me what I'm saying so I, I think yes there can be like like Rob you talking about the parents that, that coach the film or, or they're there for the football games some parents OD but at the same time, I think there's just a lot more freedom for, you know, men these days and, and, and boys growing up to be men to not have to feel like, all right, it's shut down emotionally, don't cry, don't be a sissy, you know, man up. That's another thing, man up. You can't say that nowadays. I, I, I've caught myself telling my son that a couple of times, and I'm like, later on, I was like, there's sometimes it happens on the that? field. I've, I've done that before. You know, where some of the parents that are coaches, or you hear the parents on the sideline, where it's like, yo, man up, suck it up. What, what was that thing Kevin Hart said in one of his specials, and he actually got in trouble for it when his son was doing something? He's like, hey, with, hey, with a dollhouse. That's gay. That's yeah. gay. Don't do that. Like, yeah. I caught myself. I didn't yeah. say gay, but I caught myself like, yo, what are you, your girl? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm caught myself. <laughs> yeah, he, he, it was, uh, I think, talking about. If his son even thought about bringing home a dollhouse, yeah, yeah. he would smash the dollhouse exactly. and like throw it in the trash or something like that. Yeah, so. And he got in trouble for that. <laughs> and a that th- opens a up theoretical dollhouse. And that opens up. I think we touched lightly on this, and I don't want to dive into this because it's a whole other wormhole. But you know, the decision making of a modern day fa- father would be what Dwayne Wade went through with his own son, yeah, daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes, I should say. Yep. You know, that's that must have been tough. Oh my god. Maybe you don't know how it looks like they now handle it. Now keep in mind, Dwayne well. Wade's younger than us, man. That's yeah, why I said it's true. different. I know what you. I know what. That's you, why I said you're thinking you're it must have been it from, tough. Yeah, yeah from, from our era. If you had to make that choice, yeah. you're yeah. saying that. But they grew up in a different era, a different level yeah. of understanding, you know. And that's and Dwayne Wade grew up mostly in Miami. Was used to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Miami, no, that's so that was nothing for him. You know, his wife had to be behind it as well too. Yeah. You know, so. And she's been in Hollywood for how many years? Yeah, you know so, so it's like she's, 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 quote, quote unquote, and I, and I use that term quote unquote. Alternative lifestyles are not alternative to them. It's just alternative it's to the norm, the mainstream, correct, you know, or, or, or middle America, correct. The rest of the the rest of us. Yeah, man. All right, with that, we got to get into our segment that we call "What You Rocking With," where we get into what we're feeling, what we're vibing with, what we're rocking with this particular week. This is what you rocking with inside the SNA Live podcast. And we're back with our segment that we call What You Rocking With, where we talk about what we're vibing with, what we're feeling this particular week. So, Lee, I said it at the beginning yeah. that that money that you steal my shit. But you said you're gonna go left. It's not stealing your shit. It's just I'm just ahead of the curve. I'm ahead of y'all. That's all it is. Sometimes I'm thinking ahead of y'all. That's all it is. So what you rocking, rocking with this week, brother? So I want a little. I didn't, actually I didn't go left. I just want again a little personal. Um, being sticking to the topic. So what I'm rocking with this week is my son Elijah Malik Wynn. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Okay. Since we're talking on this topic, so I dived into it a little bit how. I've made I made some mistakes when he was younger. Like I said, being that 
that overly, uh, that's, don't do that, that's sissy. What, what are you, girl, why, why, why are you making girl noises? Like, I found myself doing that, and I caught myself, and I'm like, yo, this, that's not the way. Again, just understanding with times, things have changed. Mm -hmm. And I started learning a balance of, again, letting him express himself, be him, but at the same time, instilling those specific things where still, at the end of the day, I'm gonna teach you how to be a man. Mm -hmm. And Again, I, so, some of the things from my dad, don't make excuses. Nobody cares about what the hell you're going through. If something happens, get over it, learn from it, and move on. Like That's, that's been the main things I've really been instilling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's timeless. Yes. Yeah, it's just that, 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 that doesn't yeah. stop. When, no matter yeah. what happens, I'm, gonna, I'm oh. doing it now, and I'm going to keep doing it until he's freaking up. Even when he's a grown man, I'm always going to keep reminding him of that thing. I'm reminding him of that. So I say the reason I'm rocking with him is because I've seen a shift in transformation in the past six to eight months where I guess what I was doing and what I started and how I changed it, I see that he's starting to become his own man, or young man, I should say. Yeah. So just tell the people how old he is right now. He's oh he's twelve years old, just turned twelve two weeks ago. So he's in this is that this is that age. Yeah, As you know, you know, we all know that twelve to fourteen year old, that's yeah. when you start really understanding about yourself, yeah. about your body, about what you like, what you don't like. Mm -hmm. So start this is kind your chest out a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. So it's an important time. And I'm just very impressed on the young man he's becoming now because he's starting to his confidence is starting. He used to be very low key, like he would be loud and stuff in the house, but then he would get out in a person and you know, around other people and he would just be real chill. But his personality is starting to come out. You know, he's playing sports. He's becoming a lot more aggressive now. You know, he's not being, you know, being scared to make mistakes and being, you know, again, kind of being that that beta man, very reserved and passive aggressive. I was finding like he was he was going that route. And again, I was trying to force that manhood on him. Like, yeah. don't be that. Yeah. Be a man. Stick up. <laughs> and I took took a step back, and he's become he's coming into his own now. So that's cool. I'm rocking with him this week. I'm proud of him. Again, I'm. I'm I'm excited to see the man he's gonna become, and That's I still fantastic. I still have some learning to do as a, as a father also. But I see what I've done so far; it's working. <laughs> and again, I'm just I'm just proud of him. So I'm That's rocking awesome. I'm rocking with my myself. Fantastic. That's cool. Fantastic. GM, what you rocking with? So brother? for me, I, it segues into a little bit of something where I was alluding to for myself with the what I'm rocking with this week. It's really about the parents and the fathers that that, that have found that crazy dynamic of. Not losing who you were when you were growing up, but also blending it in with the understanding of today. And like, I, I could even utilize myself too to touch on that with my son, my older son. Whereas we did the opposite, you know what I mean? Like my son, for one, he knows every 90s, 2000s. He is on today's hip hop, like this much mm. compared to where what, you know, we, grew up what we grew up on. That's where yeah. his majority is at, that he, yeah. he's a fan of. I did in a little and for a little while have to show them a better direction sometimes especially when it came to uh dealing with growing as an athlete playing a very male dominated sport in football yeah um having that dynamic of being abrasive when you have to and then also knowing that they're human still and they're not robots and you have to allow them to also metabolize and break down things differently and there's a small consensus of parents that i have noticed that have got that down pat and i've watched their kids grow from kids that are older than mine mm -hmm. to kids that are younger than mine mm -hmm. and i'm rocking with the parents who figured out the recipe on how to not lose the old age 
like that edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not being unconscious to the things of today. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that's 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 what I was uh, rocking with. So Conway, okay. what are you rocking with, man? So mine is less personal, but it deals with the subject of what we were talking about in terms of being a man. This particular individual who I'm rocking with this week is a leader of men. And that is brother Mike Tomlin, the coach oh, the of Steelers. the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a big one. Yeah, I'll give you that too. Yeah, man. This man never had a losing record. Fifteen seasons, no losing record bill belichick can't even say that no the fact that this man has had teams where they had no business in the playoffs no business having a winning record yeah he's proven time and time again that he's a leader of men and he was not an old dude when he started that no he was he was one of the youngest coaches at the time exactly exactly and it just goes to show about quote-unquote manning up and 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 when i say man i don't mean Necessarily overly aggressive or overly tough or whatever. It's just about responsibility. Oh, he's definitely an alpha. He makes sure that people, take, his players take responsibility for the Exactly. And that's what it basically boils down and to. And himself, too. And, and I want to say this. And it's something, I want to say it was, I'm trying to think what radio show I was listening to on ESPN. I can't remember who said it off the top of my head. But he said something to the effect of anybody that talks about how they need the Steelers need to replace Mike Tomlin he said just sit back and think about this Antonio Brown was probably the person he was all those years on the Steelers yeah. and we never heard shit about it Tomlin knew how to keep it exactly together he's had, on more, top he's of that, had more Antonio Browns but think about it he's not just Antonio Brown he's left bell yeah yeah he had James Harrison yeah. yep he's had uh Porter yeah you know he there's been a long list of fucking crazy dudes crazy Antonio dudes Antonio Holmes Santa, was, I don't know if Tom was, yeah, there, was there with him yeah but that's when they won the Super Bowl yeah, that's that was 2011. Sanchez, Sanchez went on. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. Tom was some there. That's right. Bro. He's had San Antonio and Holmes. And then this dude, Claiborne or whatever his name Claiborne's is. another one out yeah. there. He's just had these big personalities, and he has figured out a way how to Manage them. keep them together, hold them accountable. Exactly. And utilize his peers to keep them in check as well. Yes. Exactly. That's but why their teams were teams. Yeah. Exactly. And I think he, more so than pretty much almost every coach, with the exception of maybe the Belichicks of the world, he understood how to talk to his team while at the same time be respected as a leader. Yeah. And it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm one of the guys. But then when you're one of the guys, it's kind of like, well, they can't really look up to you if you're one of the guys. And I think he struck he That's struck that line. balance yeah. of I'm your leader in terms of leading you to become the best football team you could possibly be while at the same time kind of being quote unquote one of the guys you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. striking striking that balance and honestly though it's very it's a, it's a great point you brought up using him as you know the person you're rocking with if you look at sports in general nowadays you can see in the trend in the last five years across all sports they started getting rid of the coaches that are like the Tomlins of the world yeah and they've been going towards more quote unquote player friendly coaches all, yeah. All, yeah coaches that would coddle these kids that, well I use quote <laughs> I use quote unquote yeah, yeah. you know players coaches that would be able to massage situations different than what guys like Tomlin and them are like I, I honestly Joe, think that that had Joe, a lot to do Joe Girardi got, got fired well that's one of the reasons why they, they brought yep. in another players coach yep. because Girardi was too abrasive yep. but, I, I, but I also has, I, I think we can't we're being naive 
if we ignore the fact that Mike Tomlin is a black man. No, hands so down. So that, that tough, like, do what I say type coach that's like the old white guy yelling at a 22-year-old black man. So if you think about it, though, too, what team has he been a part of? He's been a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. That's been their mantra from the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Yep, the they, they ain't like that type of coach. Yeah. And they saw past color. Mm. They saw a person. Mm. Because Pittsburgh is one of the oldest families mm-hmm. to own a football franchise. Yeah. So They've had three coaches in the last like, point. 50 yeah. years. That's my like point, that. bro. Yeah. So to stick their flag in the dirt with him for so long yeah. is beyond that of a color barrier. They know who they, they want and yeah. they know that he's the representation of them. Yeah, guys. definitely, man. Like, I think the Dolphins fucked up today by getting rid of fucking Flores because he's one of those guys. Yo, he messed up. I don't, how, I don't know how they let him go. How? All right, so I know Joe Douglas was meeting with Tish and, um, and uh, Mara. Oh, um, Gettleman, you mean? No, no, Gettleman's gone. But you said Joe Douglas. The the coach, I'm sorry. The, uh, so, well, Joe Judge. Joe Judge, Joe Judge. I'm sorry. Douglas is the yeah, GM yeah. of the Jets. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, yeah, because it was Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, uh, Joe Judge. He's meeting with... Uh, so the last I heard before we started recording was that he was meeting with the owner. Yeah, I heard again. the same thing too. So I don't know if he's being fired right now. But I, I hope so. I think Giant fans want it, but I, I don't believe so. that the... I don't, I don't think, think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it, but I But it's so. crazy that... That dude Flores went on a seven game win streak. Mm-hmm. He's from Jersey too, by the way. He played competitive in almost every game they had. Yep. He, he received had, a broken team, yes. bro. When he took the realm, the yeah. helm, he was in charge of a team that was broken. And they're still not even there yet. They had multiple number one picks in the last few years. That mm-hmm. shows the epitome of a team that is in rebuild mode. Yeah. And I think he changed the mindset. He changed the culture of what the Dolphins were. Yeah, they fought for him. Yeah. He'll get to a, see he'll, him. He'll get a job. I was just about to say that he's gonna get snatched up real quick, and I think the Dolphins are gonna regret that decision. I think so too. Well. Yes, they will. I think so. Probably as gonna well. go to the Raiders. He's gonna go to a team that's already established, and now he all he has to do is put his his footprint into that team. And he's the type of coach for the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, mm, I think yeah. That's where he's gonna go. I can see that. I can definitely see for that. For the openings that are available. Yeah. You got Minnesota, Chicago. Chicago. God, that could be Chicago's another, another spot. So but he but, deserves to walk into a situation where he doesn't have to build. And Flores is—he's from Jersey too, you know. Uh, Nate, I, I just was really I, as a. So fan, you're saying if if Judge gets fired, we should pick him up? I would say that you have to interview that man, and not because of the Rooney Rule. You need to interview him for real, because <sighs> again, what are your options? Okay, yeah, what are we gonna keep retreading old tires? Here's a trick too. One thing I like, I, I don't like about that, not to turn this into a sports note, but since we spoke about it. Yeah, yeah, good. The worst thing you could do to a franchise is bring in a general manager that has to forcefully work with a coach yeah, that they of not of his non-choosing. Yeah, yeah. Learn from the Jets. We we did that. Yeah. We did that. It did not work. Mm-hmm. They brought in general managers and say, that's your coach. Shit didn't work. Yeah, you know I mean, so if they do that again right now, I hate to say this, it's another five years yeah. just setting you back. Yeah, that's what I agree. I agree. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of this particular episode. We appreciate you joining us on this journey. As usual, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on the OIM uh, website. You can find us, hit up our link tree on, on social media, on IG. Yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere where you stream your favorite podcast. Exactly, exactly. And in the words of Miss Shirley Chisholm, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. Be out. Peace.
You have just listened to the SNA Live experience. We want to thank you for tuning in with us. We'll be back with another episode. It's time to show some love to Marvelous Water, Super Antioxidant Alkaline Water, our official hydration sponsor for season three of the SNA Live podcast.